Good evening. And welcome to another fascinating episode of On Base and Off Point with your host, J.R. Herb and Vinnie Marshall. Welcome to Life in the Deep End. This is a show about bass players, for bass, bass players, players, and then anybody else who wants anyone to Anyone else that likes um, human you, beings. He, well, uh, Those are the people we want to talk to. Okay, so there's the, there's the, people. Cur- the curmudgeons out, but everybody else is No, okay. we'll take them. If you're I, you a curmudgeon... Know. Please listen. You're welcome to this podcast. We're glad to have you. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. We won't even call you an asshat. Yet. Yet. Give us a moment. Yeah, right in. Right into it. Call in right now. Oh, we don't have a number. Never yeah. mind. Call 1-800-444-111. I'm a curmudgeon. <laughs> I'm a curmudgeon. Uh, okay. Good evening, Vinny. Good evening, JR. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, dude, we got it. Get explicit early. I don't want to waste apparently. any time. That way I don't have to figure oh. out if I said anything wrong. Well, I guess this one's going to get an E marking. <laughs> e marking. Oh. E for excellent. <laughs> oh, I thought it was explicit. So no, just, no, no. You missed the whole entire time, point. There was a time in, when I was in high school, we went from A, B, C, D, F. Right. To E. The best marking was an E. Oh, for like grades? Excellence. Yeah. Oh, oh, you got oh. Excellent. Oh. They changed the whole thing. It's like. Uh, but that uh, make, that way, if you got an F, you could pencil it in and make it look like I an think E. I think F was still F for failure. Yeah, but you could put F make is, it an E. F is F for it. fucking fine. Speaking of failure, uh, um, uh, I, I had one held one day. We'll save that for Sa- later. Save that for later because we we always, have, we'll, we we'll, we'll, we'll call that section tests. <laughs> and we'll share our tests. Test results. Test, test results. results. The test results are in. <laughs> test results are in. Intelligence zero. Diabetes one. Test results are in. <laughs> so, so did you see the Elton John movie? I did. I finally watched it. What'd you think? I enjoyed it. I really did. It was weird because it wasn't like. There were parts of it that were like musical. It was like right. a musical, but it wasn't a musical. It was a, wasn't a rockumentary. It was just. It was a good characterization of the guy's life. I enjoyed it. I, I thought for a minute, I'm like, this is going to be dumb because there's like, this is like Wizard of Oz or something. Right, like, right, right. This right. is. I want to see a movie about Elton John. Right, and it actually, I think, considering him especially, it was kind of cool because he's kind of a esoteric kind of dude you it's, know i it, mean after the bohemian rhapsody thing with you know with uh, freddie mercury you know that that's what i was expecting but it wasn't like that it, no it wasn't like that at all yeah you know but but the idea behind it is is that the thing that kills me about musicals is that all of a sudden you know like a string quartet comes out of the closet and starts playing after after a bunch of you know dialogue it's like but where did they come from <laughs> you know at least with elton john when he sat down with the piano or or he had these things where he imagined where he was up in the air and you know, you know that kind right, of stuff yes it was it was a it was kind of a uh, i'm taking you through what i'm thinking when i'm playing and these are the things that can happen you're having like an out of body. It's like he went into experience. his brain. Yeah, and kind yeah. of experienced it through his eyes. Right, and and in that, that respect, I cool. really, I really like that. I, you know, normally I wouldn't dig that. And the guy that played the the, the main character, played Elton, was fantastic. He was a guy right. that was on uh, um, uh, 
the Kingsman. He was, right. He was a, a, a fantastic. He did a really good job. You know, he's much sexier than well, Elton John himself. Well, if you ask me, yeah, I would. Not that I'm a guy kind of guy, right? Elton is a Elton is a little, you know, he's not exactly he's attractive. Not, yeah, he, well, no, but in. in in keeping with it, with I mean, the, his music is great. Oh, I love his music. His music yeah. is fantastic. In keeping with the with the Elton John theme in this beginning discussion here, yeah. he wound up canceling a show in Indianapolis about four or five days ago. Do you know why? Oh, let me guess. Um, you probably his glasses know. broke. No, no, he has more <laughs> glasses than we have bases. Uh, his war- he had a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> if he did, that would be a reason to cancel a lot of shit. Yeah, okay. Now, apparently, apparently he, he said he wasn't feeling well, and he canceled the show because of that. But what truly happened is his his partner. I, it's not really his wife. You know, his his partner of a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. I don't know the guy's name, but his his mom. So Elton's mother oh. mother in law right, right. passed away. And, oh, okay. and Elton, Elton just decided, you know, I can't, I can't no, do this, okay. and it makes perfect sense. I mean, family comes first. Yeah, that that, and and I, you got to give the guy credit. I mean, you know, I'm sure he, uh, I'm sure he refunded the money or told him they could come back. He could, he could do another concert, just pick another day. Right. But you know, I'm, I'm sure the venue wasn't very happy. Oh, but, I'm sure a lot of people weren't happy. But, but but somewhere along the way, you gotta, you gotta at least be able to look at it and go, dude, the guy's like paying attention to his family because. How many years do you think he's been on the road? I mean, just the days alone add up to decades. Oh, decades, right? So, because you and, and I have done, been on the road and probably add up to a, 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 a not quite, not quite a decade, months, but, but still, months. but still, the point actually, though, if you count deployments, it's probably it's probably a, yeah. But and, but and the point is, as far as musicians go, you know, doing something like that where you're where you're on the road or you're in the military. Yes, we are in the military, but we're a band, so so we're doing the band part of the of the mission when it comes to that stuff. Right. And you have to have a pretty understanding spouse. You have to have a pretty understanding family. You have to have the ability to be able to say, "I'm going to be gone for up to four months. Keep the home fires burning. Keep everything running." And don't get pissed off at me just because I'm doing the work of, of a military guy or a musician in that matter. But now, like, but now, like, like I, I realize that this doesn't work for every every musical group that's out there. But like, I don't know if you saw the the uh, Paul McCartney at Red Square video. No, was that good? Oh, it's fantastic. I'll let you I'll let you borrow it once once I unpack boxes, which is a whole other story. Um, but but he's. He's out in Red Square, and I guess they did like they, I think they did a couple nights. I don't think they did just one night. And he's on the road with his family. At the time, it was uh, what's her face, Heather, Heather, what's her Miller? I don't remember her name. The one lady that has she has one leg. Uh, I don't know that person. Yeah, it was his. It was his wife, first wife after Linda, and he divorced her because. What? The, yeah. How do I not know this? Well, you're not keeping up with stuff, dude. No. You know what's a uh, you know I mean. I have like kids of my own. Well, they. I guess they wouldn't know that stuff. No. But anyway, the point of it is, is he's riding his bicycle with with her in Red Square, and they're they're hanging out and they're doing all this stuff. So he brings his family on the road. Now he also can afford, you know. A zillion things, you know. I mean, he he can afford to have, you know, I guess their dressing room and everything. Fucking Paul McCartney. And when Paul, I say Paul McCartney, I mean Sir Sir Motherfucking Paul McCartney. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes, I've earned the explicit rating for tonight. Thank you. But yeah, but he he takes care of his family on the road, and and they and they, they 
go ahead. I was yeah, just, I'm yeah. just trying to give you a little. This is on base. Yeah, and I'm and I'm, I'm way to fuck off point. I know, but you, know. you can contribute on on your base. I'm I'm sitting over here trying to carry the load of bass playing. <laughs> Play my bass for like how's that working? Fuck. How's that working out for you? Not well. <laughs> I played bass in forever because I've got all this other crap going on uh, in my life. How many tunes did you bring tonight, Jr? I brought zero tunes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, <laughs> and, and, but you did contribute. You got some arranging uh, arranging credit. I did. Yeah, you did. I, you, I did like. Yes, I did. Um, we had, we had a pre production meeting, and and uh, he said, "I like this right here. Can we do this in the conference room at the pre production meeting?" I <laughs> right, was like, right, where well, they were handing us the water, the tepid water. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your here's your sixty eight. And the PowerPoint slide came and said, "Look, Kenny, I think really, really, what you song, want what, there is this. Let's go back here. Let's go back. Uh, take back a slide and let's edit this slide because pre production meeting, if you will. Oh, thank you. Vinny plays the first notes. He's played tonight. Thank you. It's on base, brother. It is. Yes, I mean, it on is. Base. We're on I can't base. talk and play at the same time. I try to play when you're talking, but it's hard for me to play when you're talking because." You're so hypnotizing. I, I put I put people to sleep. <laughs> I need my CPAP down here because I'm. I'm where's J, Where's Jr? He's over filling up his CPAP. He'll be back. He'll be back for the second half of the he podcast. He fell asleep, but he's dying because he doesn't have a CPAP. He's How, like suffocating I'm, himself today. How many times did you stop breathing last night? Oh, 364. <laughs> What's well, yeah. Because Vinny was over. Yeah. And and Vinny was still here after he after he went to bed. Vinny's going, I can't get out of this house. I don't know where everything is. Yeah, that's perfect. I watched Apocalypse Now. Oh. Redux. Nice. Holy moly. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, it's been a little while. I like the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like Robert, victory. Robert Duvall. Yeah. Was great. Robert Duvall was Martin Sheen. Do you know Martin that Martin Sheen was off the hook? Do you know he had a heart attack, a horrible heart attack during that the filming of that? I horrible heart attack. T- t- please, please do tell. Well, I don't know the whole story. I'm, I'm much much like much like everything that I do. I have just enough information to be titillizing, to titillize you or tantalize you. I say tit, it tantalizes. It doesn't really matter. Why well, never mind. Anyway, Apparently, while he was filming the, the, the movie, he had a terrible heart attack, and, and they had to stop production for a little while for him to get better. I, now, I, I've, it's also my understanding that he finished the movie after having the heart attack. But, you know, he's like, in that movie, he's got to be like, what, 25, 30? He's young. He looks you know, like he's, he's not Charlie that, Sheen. Yeah, yeah. Sheen? Sheen? Sheen. 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 Yeah, Sheen, like, Sheen Afro, like Afro Sheen. Who is Sheehan? Nancy Sheehan, as you're thinking. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're, you're kind of, really bad. You're, that's all right. You know, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Yeah, Sheen. Sheen. Sheen, like Sheen of. Sheen of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweat of, came off. Yeah. He was. Oh, in the beginning. Oh, he was sweating all over the place. Oh. And then he's got all of that you know, at the end when he goes to kill the guy. You oh, know, Marlon nice. Brando. And here's the thing Marlon Brando is just sitting in that damn village. He's just waiting, waiting to die. He's just waiting for him to come to get him. The horror. The, the, the horror of it all. The horror. The horror. Oh. They the children's arms in, in the night. They had come in and cut all the arms, all the inoculated arms off and put them in a pile. The brilliance. And the horror. <laughs> he was 
was great. He was great in that movie. He was. Really he's was. so. He's a big dude. He's got. His, he's bald and he's just. He's wearing the black pajamas, like he's the bad guy. It's just like. That was. Um, I hadn't seen it in a while, and it was just so gripping. And there's a scene where they they hook up with these French people in the middle of Cambodia. Right. They have their own. It's like they're in the middle of the enemy territory, and, and there's these French people just. Would you like some French bread? No. We 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 poo we pee poo poo. You, you, well, you realize that the the French the French uh, you know well, they, occupied well, fought in Vietnam before we did. Oh yes, yeah they they were um, in the in the I think it was in in the late forties. I thought I, you know they, they did it for a while. They were in there doing some crazy shit. The French were all over the damn. You, you talk about the British well, imperialist dogs. The French were just as bad. Yeah. yeah, they were terrible. You know, we went we went to Djibouti, Africa with. with and, I think and, Tien Ben Phu. Don't talk to me that way. <laughs> well, it's it's is the, that too uh, long? We, food? we were we were soldiers once and young. Oh, yeah. It is um, that that same battle was fought by the French and the French lost, and then the Americans won that battle because right. they had um, helicopters and different tactics. Right, and that was bad because if had we lost there, maybe we never would have gotten involved as deeply as we did. Then again, maybe we would have. Who knows? But anyways, that whole. Uh, Apocalypse Now thing was just stellar, you know. And I was listening to Joe Rogan talk about um, Marlon Brando. And there were actors after him. He kind of inspired a whole generation of actors after him. Like, I love a small day bomb in the morning. Robert Duvall. Yes, Robert Duvall. Dustin Hoffman. I mean, there are all these guys that were just kind of the protégés afterwards. He he was kind of the Jaco Pistorius. Oh, yes, thank you. He was kind of the Jaco of actors. There's like pre-Brando and then there's post-Brando. You know what I mean? And I thought that was a good, that was kind of a cool analogy because we have like pre-Jaco and post-Jaco bass players. Because they're just so... Revolutionary and, and, and important to well, and whatever all, it is they do. And did you see the movie that uh, De Niro did? First, De Niro is another, yeah. Well, post, you post. know that um, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino were never in The Godfather together. They never did a scene together in The Godfather. Right. Uh, they were The Godfather 2. Right, because they were the same person. Well, no, oh, no, 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 no. De Niro was, 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 uh, out, uh, was Vito uh, Corleone. Who was as, as, as Marlon Brando? Yeah. Brando, the, right. the early Brando. That's right, correct. Right, right. So it would make sense to have them in the same. Scene no, no. Together. But but the thing is, is they were both in that movie, and they both became basically famous out of that movie. So later on in life, they did movies together, like they did yeah. the movie Heat together. Mm-hmm. They did. A, I thought they did another they one, did but the several. Heat, Heat is the one I remember. But I'm not thinking Val about Kilmer that was one. Now Val Kilmer and and uh, and Tom Sizemore. Yes, Tom Sy- they, yes. they were they were fantastic in that That's a good movie. movie. Yeah, but the one the one I'm I'm thinking about is the one that Marlon Brando did with. Um, this is near the end of Marlon Brando's life, where he was, oh my God, he was two ton Tony. He was he was heavy as hell. It was a movie called After the, the Godfather. Oh, this is way after the Godfather. Oh, this is this is near the end of his life. This is a movie called oh. The Score. It's um, it's Marlon Brando, um, Ed Norton, and um, 
really? Robert De Robert De Niro. That's who uh, Rogan was talking to. Is um, Ed Norton? Ed Norton. Ed Norton's ridiculous. But yeah. in in the movie, the, the the score, Marlon Brando sets up this information like he's a he's a fence, and in the he he's paranoid because you know everything goes through. They try to s steal the scepter. And it's it's a it's a real interesting movie. I don't I don't want to give it away because if somebody goes to see it, they won't get the whole the, the whole thing going on. But the, that it's got it's got multiple things going on in it. It's 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 De Niro who's who's lives in Montreal and he he does these these burglaries, but he's so good at it that he he lives his life. He owns a jazz club. Which, oh, cool. which should be a reason right there that you know that he's got to be a robber, because <laughs> there's no way his jazz club is going to make any money, you know. No. But um, he um, he wants to do this last job, and Edward Norton is the one that kind of puts it together, and it becomes this this weird little circle of drama, and Marlon Brando is the one that introduces the two of them. It's a it's a really good movie. It's called the score. The score. You should see it. Oh, it's a wonderful movie. Wonderful. Just people that come along in their particular craft. This is what um, they were talking about on Rogan with Ed Norton because they started off with um, Brando because there's pre-Brando and there's post-Brando. Pre-Brando is like these guys were acting and they had a persona. You could you could almost tell they were acting, but with with him and a lot of the characters that he played, he was very. Um, uh, um, Almost, I don't want to say realistic, but you, you could relate to him on a level, on, on an emotional level, where it didn't seem like he was putting up a front or acting. No, no, he was just doing. He was just doing what he trying was doing. To, yeah, trying to convey the character's true feelings. You know, I could have been a contender. You know, that's not a tough guy thing. That was a. You know, you let me down. You could. You, you didn't look out for me, and, and I'm hurt. You yeah, know, there's a vulnerability that that he conveyed, even though he was a tough guy. Right. That. Kind of, um, I think, spurred a lot of other actors on to be a little more um, artistic. Is that the word I'm looking for? Not autistic, artistic. Yes, yes, yes. But we, we see that with like Jocko and, and Getty Lee. And oh, they inspired a bunch of people. Yeah. To, to this day, the, the, if you think about it, Jocko has been has been dead for over thirty years, thirty four years. Mm. Died in eighty four, eighty five, or eighty six. I, I think it was eighty six. I mean, it was eighty five. Anyway, I think it was uh, later. Go ahead. You're probably right. Anyway, the point is, is he's passed away, and he, but his music has influenced people so much. Not well, just well, not there's pre-Jocko and there's post-Jocko. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a spot in the history books where that timeline is going to is, is filled with him. I I wind up listening to a lot of music at the at the music store, and like I'll do a Pandora thing on Alexa, and like the other day I put on on uh, Jocko Jocko radio on Pandora. Oh yeah, and yeah. you can just hear him he's playing Havona and he's playing he's it playing used to be a cha-cha and, and yeah. chromatic fantasy and you're going oh my god he yeah. I'm, I'm walking away and I hear -da 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 -da. it's like jumping Jesus Christ what are you he's, doing he's you know I mean it's just insane but he was doing that long before anybody else was oh yeah oh yeah Johnny Unitas I met him changed the game of football yeah. There's pre-Johnny Unitas nice. and there's post-Johnny Unitas. Well, Bart, Bart Starr is the same way. I don't know. I think Bart Starr is a, is a, a product. Is a product of Johnny Unitas. Yeah, that's what I would say. I, uh, I was playing a high school band halftime show in Dallas Cowboy Stadium 
1979. And we're getting ready to go on and do the halftime show. Um, the Cowboys were getting their ass kicked, so I was happy as hell. And we're sitting there, and um, um, we're waiting to go on, and my buddy's standing next to me, and, and I see Johnny Unitas walking down the, the, uh, the sideline because he's going to do an interview. He was, a, he was a color commentator. And I said, hey, Frank, here comes Johnny Unitas. He goes, no. I go, yeah, it's right over there. And Johnny Unitas wasn't that tall. I'm 5'8". I'm he might be 5'9 or 5'10, but he's not that tall. No. And um, he walked up, and he was in a you know, fancy coat, looked like, the jo- like a Joe Namath uh, you know, heavy coat. <laughs> and uh, Frank grabs his hand. He goes, hey, Johnny Unitas. And he's shaking his hand. And, and Johnny was very nice. But he says, it's very pleased to meet you, but I've got to go right now. <laughs> you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm sorry. You know, and, and he was fine. But, you know, he was obviously, you know, headed in to do an interview or whatever right. if they did halftime. That that gig, by the way, was so damn cold. I'm, that was like my, my first professional football game to go see. And that was I don't like the Cowgirls, but it was the Cowgirls and the Atlanta Falcons and, and right. Staubach. Right. It was in it was in uh, Cowboy Stadium. It's, oh, it's cool yeah, there. It was a it, it it had like well they had this. We got down there to play the Cotton Bowl Parade and play halftime for them. It was so cold in Dallas. They had the worst ice storm that they had had. They had like like a half inch of ice and a half inch of snow, and everybody was was spinning out on the highway because they had never dealt with snow. I, I lived down in Denton, Ohio, which is just right. north of Dallas. Right. It's like when it snows down there, it's like get the fuck. fuck. Off, off the, the road. road because Billy Joe Bob and his give me a little country feel here. Oh yeah, sure. Billy Hold on. Joe Bob is fucking Ford one fifty. I got four wheel drive. I'm gonna use all four wheels. Oh, God, baby. And you know they don't realize that getting going is not the hard part when it comes to driving in the snow. The hard part is when you have to stop. Stop. And they don't stop. They just slide right into you. There are people that drive in snow, and there are people that do not drive in snow. They look out the window with their hot chocolate and go, I wonder what the poor people are doing. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's like, there's those of us that know how to drive in the snow, and those of us that do not. So, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh. You're on hills, and you you just have to learn. This is, you know... This is how we do it. This is how we do it around here. Yens gone downtown? Yens. <laughs> Yens. Straight up eye. Uh, Yens. Yens gone downtown? Who's gone down to see Stillers? I played a gig at um, Three River Stadium with the Foodland Fantastics. It was a polka band. Oh, she's too fat for me. He's too fat for me. I'm too fat for... Wait a minute. It was 20 degrees outside, snowing. The reason I got to call is because my teacher was in the band. And when it got too cold, he was like, Yeah, uh, you want to play the gig at the the stadium? And I went and played with the Foodland Fantastics outside of Three River Stadium. This was like 80s. I wore gloves. I froze, and I didn't get a ticket into the game. It, oh, I didn't. Fin- I didn't finish it, the last it, part of the the, the the Dallas Cowboy thing. We were supposed to do the, the Cotton Bowl parade, right? It was so cold. How cold was it? It was so cold that everybody's instruments stopped working. So what they did well, was happens. what they did was they took us to a, a block in Dallas, about uh, you know two block radius, 
and because they televise those damn those damn things so you know they have like like four hours worth of tele television you know for the parades right so how are they going to fill up all that stuff you can have joe namath and johnny unitas talking about who's better um or whatever anyway the the, the point of this is the band got out of the bus and we we marched in exactly one block in front of the cameras and did as much as we could to play and then got back on the bus and went to the hotel and they said you want to go to the game no i don't want to go to the 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 cotton Bowl. although that was a, the notre dame was playing that at oh, that wow. and uh, joe montana was was the, was the quarterback and i think it was notre dame yeah, and yeah. Uh, and joe joe montana won the game in the last few minutes yeah yeah, well, but you know, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't like cold. I played on a nice, on a nice stage, you're a 30 from, foot ice stage, and you're from Philly, man. Come on. Well, that doesn't mean I like cold. Man up, bro. Yeah, no. Man up. I played on a 30 foot ice stage in Sapporo, Japan. You know, that's that sounds cold. That was cold. Our fingers. You were talking I earlier. Sapporo was a beer. It is. That's where the beer came mm. from. You know, mm, beer, German beer in Japan. Beer. Yeah, um, it was very good. Anyway. um you were talking about your calluses, and, and you said you oh, had been playing. I've been playing much. My calluses are like starting to go away. Dwindling. Well, imagine imagine being on a stage with round wound strings. The oh. snow is coming down. So and I, your fingers. I, I don't have to imagine that. I've experienced, experienced that. it. But your, go your, ahead. Your, your fingers are are wet. So on the mm. wound, wound round wound strings, yeah, which it's like real, che- it's real. like cheese graters. So they're yeah, they're, they're, they're rubbing they're, away. For, your, for those of you that don't play bass, the round wound string is very rough because it's like round circles going around and around so there's these it, it is like a cheese grater and it gets yeah. a very bright sound it rings more because of the the structure of the string yeah like that oh 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 yeah it's like something like that yeah yeah so anyway play a set come back in and look down at my hands and it's like my fingerprints had been you know rubbed off Oh. I was like, oh, I got these like these, uh, uh, you know, f- fingerless gloves and I go out there to play. I got mucklucks and park and everything else. I had my parka tight so much that I looked like Kenny from South Park. Huh. It was perfect. And they, they kept asking me if I was if I was cold. Go, nope, I'm perfect. I'm fine. Except my hands hurt. I hate when, when you have you start playing, you play one or two sets, you have another set to go. And you already have a blister. Oh, you can't do anything about it. You're, you're, you're stuck. Yeah. I, I, got, like I got a paper cut on my pinky. And fortunately, the callus formed over it. But I couldn't plan the damn thing. So every time I put my pinky down, it's oh. like, oh, oh, like it hurts. <laughs> yeah. That's no good. But it's like, it's just like, just pop that thing. Get, get some kind of needle. Pop it. Do, move, move, do, the, move, move the fuck on. Do you, do you, yeah. Then you yeah. get a blood blister. Then you get another blister, and then all the, the come all, back. The, all the terrible things bass players have to deal with. Yeah, I, I got to keep playing more because yeah. they're, they're. I'm, get, I'm getting, getting See, soft, man. Getting soft, dude. Gotta get hard. Oh, yeah, whatever. So to speak. So to speak. Let's play a tune. Let's play a tune. What tune you want to do? Uh, you want to do? Uh, what the, do you like? The, do I, you I've like got a, I've got a tune to call that it's probably Sting. It's probably Sting. Yeah, it's, I, I figured if somebody goes, "Hey, man." Who's that bass player? Said, it's, it's, it's probably, probably Sting. Sting. Instead of it's probably me. <laughs> it's <laughs> not probably, me. It's not. It's probably, it's probably straight. Me. <laughs> so it's a it's a three quarter tone. Well, you know. Well played. It's a it's a three quarter tone. It's kind of fun. Let's that, give it a run. All right, here we go.
That was great. I mean, it's one of the few times that you bring a tune over here. <laughs> I know he's going to say that doesn't like totally befuddle me and go, "What the hell is going on?" What? It's very intuitive. Yeah, it's a very intuitive tune. It's very easy to for me to pick up on and and play over because, um, yeah. So you were just sitting around thinking about Stinger. Well, we talked about him for one of the one of the podcasts. As, yes, we did. And I was trying to I was trying to write a tune that sounded like I was Sting, but you know I can't do that. No, nobody can. No. So I, I wrote this, and then I when I I said I like this tune, and then I was like, well, what can I call it? I said, well, instead of calling it's probably me, it's probably Sting. You know, <laughs> it's probably it's sting. sting. You know, but it had nothing to do with the changes or anything like this that. This is for Mike. Oh, Mike, this is for you. Here you go. My sister and Mike just had a wedding anniversary. Happy, oh God, 15 years? 15 years. Amateurs. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That, that Mike just lost his uh, That's his pretty life. good, though, 15 years. 15 years ago. Mike just lost his grandmother, too. Sorry, oh, sorry send, Mike. Send our condolences. Well, this is, this is to you. Cheers, Mike. Uh, cheers, Mike. He's, uh, 
Mike is uh, mainly English, so that works. Gulp, gulp, gulp. gulp. There you go. I, 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 I'm well, drinking this is an IPA, coffee. so it's close enough. So, so, so. Yeah, nice tune, man. I enjoyed that. Thanks. I, uh, I need to play more. We need to have more podcasts. We, it's, we've had a little lull. Some due to technical difficulties. Yeah, like like Vinny moving. <laughs> That's not a technical difficulty. <laughs> it is when you have to come over here to try to do a podcast. Uh, what are you doing? I'm knee-deep in boxes. Do you realize I, I walked 78,789 steps in four freaking days? My watch told me. Okay. I care. You do not. You do not. You're going. You should. It should have been eighty thousand. You shit. I can't believe I walked that much. Walking boxes here and there. Oh, I have a good. I do have a good story. It's it's a funny story. I like funny. Well, it it, it yeah. We're, we're buying a TV, right? We are the ground zero people of of no never had a smart TV or flat screen TV. You, you just got rid of your flip phone like last week. Or not something. me. I'm a techno guy. Chrissy's the one that barely gets through a flip phone. You're a techno guy. I love technology. Okay, okay. Um, so I'm figuring that we're gonna we're gonna get a, a TV for our basement, and it's probably gonna be about a 65 inch TV. And and I also know that I'm gonna get some kind of sound bar, and I'm also gonna do, um, right. you know, a, a wireless mesh thing. So when we get the wireless set up, I can have wireless on the loft on the on the first floor and all the way down in the basement. Right? I like that idea. So I'm going to spend some money, right? I, and I'm figuring it's going to be in the neighborhood of three grand. You know, there's definitely right. people who will say, you should have done it this way. You should have done I, I had Best Buy come over. They're very nice people. And they're going to put it all in. And I don't have to do crap. And if, if that, they put it on the wall, I don't have to worry about 3 o'clock in the morning, the damn thing falling. On the dog. On anything. <laughs> the floor, you know, whatever, right? And it's broken again. And it's broken, and I'm, I'm, I just wasted all that money. So we, we go through this whole thing, and this very nice gentleman named Caleb comes over and goes through this. He's got his little ipad thing or whatever it is, and he's going, oh, yep, you need this, you need this. We're going to get you a Sonos uh, uh, sound bar, and we're going to get you a mount, and, and we're going to get you a 65-inch Samsung TV. And, you know, and again, I'm sitting over here going, that's going to probably cost around three grand. You know, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less, but we're right in that, that name. So he gets to the point where it's the it's what my teacher used to call in, in college the sermon on the amount because <laughs> you knew that there was there was coming down to that right so Chrissy who is not a techno person wants a smart TV but doesn't really understand what this what entails is. well you know she understands that it's a TV and she turn it on and off but after that I think she's done you know he's trying to talk to her about cutting the cable lines but her and her and my mother-in-law want to get cable so we're gonna pay I, I don't I'm looking why? at why don't ask me you're talking to the wrong person why don't you tell me this and I will order her it works out. You, you can't get cable. Yeah, you are cut off from cable. I'm, I'm telling you, she's going to spend three hundred dollars a month There's on no, damn cable. No, 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 no. There's know. no need for cable when you have a good smart, smart TV. Oh my goodness. Yeah, any, anyway, so, so th- but this, uh, that's not the funny part. That's, that's, that's the disgusting that's the, part. No. You know, so the funny part is Caleb looks at us and he goes, "Okay," he says he's getting ready for the sermon on the amount, and he says. Okay, I've been going through this, and we can change anything that you want. You know, this is just what I've come up with. He said, um, uh, pre-tax, it's thirty-two eighty-three, and and I'm going in my head, going, dude, that makes perfect sense. That's about right. We're we're spending some money. This TV is going to last us ten years. They'll do twenty-four months, same as cash. You know, I don't need to be telling people my business, but that's not a bad deal. So Chrissy is still staring at him as if he was speaking some kind of foreign language to her. And she's staring, and I look over at Chrissy, and I realize she doesn't realize that this is what 
This is the total cost. She thinks it's thirty-two dollars and eighty-three cents. <laughs> so I, so she said, "This is a great deal. I can't even believe you would even come out here for thirty-two dollars." <laughs> she didn't even get that far. She is staring at him, and this is in her head. I can hear her, but it's all in her head. She's like, "I'm waiting for the other figure. Why isn't he even giving me the other figure?" And he's just staring. She's staring at him, and he goes, and she's thinking to herself, "I'm just." He's staring at me. I don't understand. I finally look over and go, "Honey." That's not $32.83. And she looks over at me and she goes, how did you know that was what I was thinking? And I, by this time, I am roaring laughing. Caleb is laughing too, but he's trying to judge what he's doing because, you know, the guy's trying to sell us a TV. He doesn't want her to te- to make it all go away. And, you know, we yeah, get, like, oh, I just pissed everybody, just pissed everybody off. off. But I'm laughing and Chrissy's going, how did you know that's what I was thinking? I said, because you're just staring at Caleb and you didn't say, oh, good. And then she's like, well, I have to sit with this. This is, I said, we're going to get a TV. You know, we're to, then we're kind of doing this. You know, we're just going to make an effort and, and just suck it up, Buttercup. You know, but but she thought it was thirty two dollars and eighty three cents, and if that, she thought that was the tax. She was confused. She was very confused and very technologically unadvanced. There's no need to get cable. Talk, you're talking to the wrong person, dude. I, the- I already have Netflix. I already have CBS on on demand or whatever. This is, the, and here's the weird thing. You might want to get an antenna, right? Right. I guess. I guess. I think this because back in the day a... we had antennas. This is how life worked. Right. You got three major stations, and you got some UFH stations, and you had it all came via airwaves, and an antenna picked the shit up and put it on your television. And if you wanted to change the TV, people, you get up off your dead ass. And you went over and you turned the channel. Or you got your kid to do it. Hey, JR, go over and change the channel. Let's okay, then. Stand, stand right there. Wait. No, move to your left. Okay, right there. I don't right like there. that channel. Turn, to turn, the next turn channel. another channel. It's a commercial. Wait. That's the, that's the channel I want. Adjust the rabbit ears. Now, we were pretty affluent. We were pretty wealthy. You had two TVs? <laughs> No, but we had this antenna that was mounted on the roof of our house, and it would rotate. You could rotate it, and you didn't have to go on the roof to rotate this antenna. No, you could do it with a little dial. I had the same thing. Uh, dial on your TV set. You want so like this? So you were and you, hear, too. and you hear. All I heard was. So. This antenna on the roof, what did it look like? It was like there was a, a pole going up. It looked like a rake. Yep, yep. A rake, a rake that was flat, flat out, flat like down. Like a huge rake that was up there with two sides. And it would, it would rotate. And you could turn the antenna with this stupid, you know, thing on top of the TV. You turn a little knob. It was a knob the size of like something, you know, like a, um, I would equivalent it to like a um, stove, a range, a range knob. You know, right. you turn that, and then my dad, he would always put like channel four. He, he would write a, a four, channel four on a piece of paper, put tape on the four, right where the, the arrow goes. So you know which, where to get which where channel. You got so we said, go change it, channel four, and then. You'd have to change equivalently the antenna as well. Right. 
Then cable came along. The very wealthy people. And we all got fat. And I say very wealthy. We all got fat because we weren't getting up and changing a goddamn channel. We had a remote control because we were sitting yeah. on our ass eating goddamn pretzels. Mm, pretzels. pretzels are good. They make me thirsty, mm, though. Pretzels. No more beer. Yeah. <laughs> cable. And then we got, with the cable, you didn't have to adjust the antenna. And then we had this remote. Now, we had remote controls back in the day, even with the... Um, analog tv but it seemed to be more standard right yeah with with cable tv you would get a, a cable box and in these channels and if you were ex- extremely affluent in the neighborhood at least our neighborhood you had hbo oh my god that was that was those were the people like you were you oh were, my god we're coming over we're coming over to watch hbo we're, oh. we're gonna watch the fights on hbo oh, we're gonna come over and watch mr Goodbar. Mr. Goodbar. Oh, wait. Uh, I can't have that candy. Oh, no. Yes, I can. <laughs> there were, you know. How shall I say? The After Hours shows? Yes. It was prior to Skinamax. As, as, my, as my father would say, I'm just on the internet surfing for Prono. Prono. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a Prono addiction. Yeah, that, yeah. But those days are gone, man. Yeah. Well, they're supposed to be, except for me, because I'm going to have cable in the goddamn house. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to go and educate. I'm going to send Chrissy to an education. Send her to a seminar. We're going to do some post production at at the the, the the Band of Flight. We're going to send you to the publicity, and uh, and we're going to have you do a multimedia thing. Don't you have people living next door now that are multimedia people that you can just send her over there for a day? No, they're like, they, they just send out speakers for. Oh well, that know, doesn't. That, well, that doesn't do her any no, good. No, that does not help. No, she needs to go to this re-education center. <laughs> they have them over in China. Yeah, <laughs> it's in Gdansk. Vinny, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get on a plane and travel seventeen hours. That's ah, all right. You'll come back right. So this morning I took a test. I've only been studying for a year. A year, three hundred and sixty-five days. Uh, well, not quite. It's more like three hundred seventy days. Uh, 22 11 minus months, 11 months. So. Oh my goodness. 330 days worth of this. And how did you do, JR? I failed. What? <laughs> uh, miserably, I hope. No, no. It was a, a moderate failure. How far were you from passing? Um, there were five major areas. Okay. One I scored extremely well. Okay. Two, I, I was on point. Uh, not off, off base. And then two, I was. Needing of improvement. Needing an improvement. Yeah. So now, how does that work now? When do you get to take the test again? Well, that's the thing. It's like, do I want to... Do you want to go through this? I don't know. It was a four-hour, 200-question test. Jesus. What the hell are you doing? Trying to be... Never mind. Uh, President? (laughs) It was Project Management Professional, PMP. And it's like... um, It's a certificate... From the Project Management Institute. It's, it's highly sought after and hard to get. And now I know why. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't, I mean, I didn't put some time on this. And the reason I did it was the Air Force paid for my um, boot camp and the study materials and the test. Okay. So I did my best. You know, I put I put my best foot you forward. Al- you always do your best. That's not a problem. And I'm like. Damn, it's going to cost me out of pocket 300 bucks to retest. 
That sucks. And I don't know if I'll pass again. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Do I want to? No. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> no. Dude, if you, if you didn't pass the first time, unless you went. You, I was close. Well, unless you come home and go, I figured it out. I'm no, I'm 30, qu- 30 questions well, away. Or, I don't know how much. So I've already I've sunk a ton of time into this. I mean, right. Obviously, because I passed some of it. Right, well, right. So I put a lot of time in it. It was like, how much more time? Do I just go with sunken costs and say, write it off? I'm done. <laughs> I yeah. tried. Uh, I, I haven't lost any money. The Air Force paid for it. Well, you're a chief. You have money too. You know, I mean, you could do well. Three hundred bucks. But here's the thing: when you put that on your resume, if I want to work after I get out, right? Um, that's a big deal, right? I'm talking ten, thirty thousand dollars more. So, a, th- a, so a three hundred dollar investment, an investment in yeah, time. Yeah. Well, but now, I would get looked at for jobs that are much higher. I would now this this begs a question that everybody asks anybody mm-hmm. that retires from the military. Mm-hmm. Obviously, at, at the age you're going to retire, are you going to be 56? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're, you're going to be my you're going to be right, you, you'd be my age now. Dude, I can't I when I retired from the military, I turned 45 a month later. There was no way in God's green earth I was going to stop working. Yeah, you're still a young man. Yeah. Now, did that mean that this I was going to power was saying you're still a young man. Oh, they didn't say it that way. It was much higher. Right. And much better. <laughs> uh, but that's how they sang it. Well, okay. That's, uh, we'll, we'll leave that for debate. Anyway, um, you you have to do... I mean, you're in a better financial position than I was at retiring at the rank of E6 as opposed to retiring at the rank of E9 for you. So the money well, that you... So I could be at 28, 29, 30. So that that'll change place. that'll change that as well. Now I'm not suggesting that that's going to be such a such a such a significant amount of money compared to what you make now that you can sit there and say I just want to retire. But it gets closer though. You're in a much better place than I was. It gets closer. You know, you're you could be in a situation where you could say, you know what, I don't want to work because now I, I'm finally I at a know. Point, I'm finally at a point right now where. You know, twelve years after being out of the Air Force, or, or yeah, twelve years, yeah. I'm making enough money, and I'm happy, and I'm doing like a semi-retirement thing where I'm, the music store is only thirty. Well, and you just a week. bought a new house. Things aren't that bad. No, I'm not complaining about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You know, now I'm I'm probably working more than I than some people would expect, but I'm really not working that much. I mean, I'm doing gigs when I want to. I'm playing. I'm I'm playing when I want to. I'm doing this. I'm doing other stuff. You know, so I'm not like this I'm, doesn't pay. What? <laughs> I've been doing this for the. I I wrote down in my book. It's you know, been a year. Super, super, you know, Benny, it's uh, been a year. You haven't got a check. Damn it! You haven't got a a ten ninety nine. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Hey, I've been doing this. I've been. I've been. Hello. I told I told Christy this is my second retirement. You know, she she's maybe, expecting some money. <laughs> maybe someday, but right now uh, we're spending more money than we're making. Well, uh, yeah, that's pretty much true. You see, what's going to happen is you're going to move to Florida, and we're going to Skype Skype this stuff. Right. I might move to Colorado. I haven't. Well, Florida, Colorado. It's the same Wherever. thing. It's yeah, not here. Just, it's, yeah. And I'm kind of stuck. Well, you're only stuck as you think you are. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm stuck in a good way, not stuck in a bad way. Yeah. Well, you just bought a new house. You right. Guys are gonna be happy here. And there's. I'm not moving. I'm not. They're gonna have to take me feet first out of that house. I ain't moving. 
I ain't moving. No, I'm you done. You've got a good situation. I'm in a good there. situation. Chrissy's got some time so, left before she retires. Yeah, okay. All right. So, Nobody really cares. Anyways, they had a kind of crappy, sucky test. How was well, your test today? Oh, my test. Well, in, in, in the uh, wonderful world of I didn't study, you know, um, actually pretty good. Um, my A1C test uh, came back for my diabetes. Um, back in August, it was horrible. My A1C was 13.8. And if you know anything about that, it's supposed to be, if you're at seven, you're diabetic. If it's higher than seven, you are very diabetic. And I, I moved my numbers from 13.8 to 6.7. So I'm still diabetic, Yeah. but I'm, I'm, it's under control. That, and then my, my blood pressure is now low. Um, my triglycerides for, for cholesterol was 435, which is absurd. Moving up. Now it's, now it's uh, 75. It went all the way down to 75. My cholesterol went from 208 to 94. So I'm, I'm as, they're as happy as they can oh be about it. Oh my gosh, me. that's CBD oil. Thank God. God for CBD, CBD oil. oil. I, now I got to figure out a way to smoke some pot. <laughs> You know, but if I Come tell to Colorado with me, my friend, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I shall live in joy. Is it? Chris, it will like, be Nirvana. Yeah, Chris, Chris is like, why are you going to, to Colorado again to see AJR? I think I left the base there. I think I left some of my pot there too. <laughs> he said he was going to hold it for me, but I don't trust him. <laughs> the base? No, the pot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll let the base alone. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm still active duty, so. Yeah. Well, this is when you retire. This is your future life. And I think if I were a civil servant, I still could not be. No, Chrissy, yeah. Chrissy, the CBD oil thing, they had the big no, thing about you can't, can't do any do of that, that stuff. No. So I, as far as I'm I'm concerned. I, I mean, think within the next 10 years, though. Um, it's going to it's gonna be. You, you won't be able to, to use it in the military. No, just of course no not. Way. They just won't do it. Well, it's the same thing about I, when I had glaucoma, I told them I wanted pot. And then the lady just went, you know, I was like, I understand I can't have that. I'm just, you know, saying something. But I think the states need to. We need to figure this shit out. It's, I mean, it's come on, man. It's the it's the new millennium. Look, uh, I can say, and, and with all honesty, that I have not done any kind of drugs in my life, except except you know, like whatever I got when I went to get a doctor. I never did. I just it's just one of those things. I don't. What the honest hand, both hands up in the air, dude. I never did any nothing. Wow, they're, they're, nothing. They're about, uh, they're t- they're small hands. I know, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> You know, Your arms but, go yeah, yeah, I can't go very high. Um, don't it's maybe if I did drugs, I would have pterodactyl. Been, <laughs> so, but anyway, I honestly, I have never done anything. Are you a T Rex? I'm no, I hate that band. <laughs> um, it's Chrissy likes them, but I don't. A- anyway, I 56 years into my life and dealing with the only problem I have with diabetes is the diabetic neuropathy, which is this, this pain that happens and it happens at night. Mm. I'm considering smoking fucking pot. You know, and and I never would have done that thirty well thirty years ago. I was it was before the Air Force, but you know I wouldn't do that stuff. What are you playing over there? I was trying to do a little Stanley Clark. Oh oh, time exposure. School days. School, school days. days. School days. But I was not very successful. But I didn't want to interrupt your groove though, because you know. Well, I, I, I was I, kind I, of I, interested I, in what you were doing, and then I realized that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I was like, "Well, that's fucking wrong." But yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just everything's all. Except to do something right, I totally. No, it's maybe you need some pot, dude. There you go. You got you got most of it. There you go. He's got it. So so anyway, 
I'm I'm ta- I'm now talking to people about whether I should do whether I should do pot or not. You know, and it's like now, uh, uh, God forbid, my doctor ever hears this, and I'll get lectured and, and everything else. But it's supposed to, it's supposed to um, it's it's potentially supposed to lower your blood sugar too. Really? It's supposed to. That's that's that, that's the only reason that I really haven't done it because I'm already taking things to lower my blood oh, sugar. I don't want to bottom out. How things work out? Like this whole vaping thing is turned out to be a fucking fiasco. I, I, I was, oh in, I was, and in, I still see people like these massive clouds coming out of oh, their, yeah, they're their all Honda cords that are lowered down to about an inch off the ground and a little <laughs> buzzer um, of an exhaust pipe. I'm like, uh, looking, looking, yeah, there it is. Look in the rearview mirror, check out the gauges in your ear, and realize you're going to be dead. Anytime now. Well, what the fuck, man? It's like- I had this. I was sitting in Speedway. I'm in line at Speedway, and in front of me is this nice young lady. She's probably in her mid mid twenties, maybe, and she's sitting there. And and you know, Speedway is a, the the line kind of goes pretty fast. Yeah. You know? And she's taking her time, and and I realize that what she's doing is she's asking the person at the counter what kind of vaping materials they have. And they got the blue, the jewel, you know, yeah. whatever, bejeweled. I don't know what the hell this shit is. But she's asking how much these things cost. And some of them you buy like the starter kit and it's, you know, 30 bucks or whatever the hell it yeah, is. Yeah, because you got to get the little. And then you got to get the little inserts with the. The inserts with the, with are cheaper, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, but not much, you know. I mean, so she's asking, it, it's like it's like buying uh, razors, you know. How many cartridges do you get in the in the razor? Oh, yeah, you know? good analogy. Yeah, yeah I mean, but but it's like, well, this one's 39. It comes with two two cartridges. The the regular razor or the regular uh, cartridge is $9.99. I'm listening to all this. The first thing I'm thinking is. You're a young lady. What the flipping A are you doing? B, yeah. I'm trying to get a fucking mix. All I want to do is get a damn soda and some peanuts. I didn't didn't come here to listen to the the, the musings of a of a of a vaping speed- session. I'm at Speedway. I'm trying to get a pizza and gas. <laughs> <laughs> A twelve pack of Natty Light. That's right. You're got, talking about vaping. vaping and, this is two and, different and, worlds, and, and, man. Yeah, go to goddamn this Walmart. This is like two different worlds. I'm I'm trying to get some Mad Dog 2020, and you're talking about vaping? What the fuck, girl? Get your fucking and get that metal out of your face. How much how much jewelry can you put in your nose, in your lips, in your oh, ears, in your eyebrows, in your forehead? And I if, think if you had God bless if, if Magneto came around, <laughs> your face would be destroyed. I, I think I figured it out, Jr. I think all Lord. that stuff, all that stuff, is designed so that the 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 kids that do that, you know, they say they do it because it's it's some kind of uh, uh, teenage angsty thing. But I think they put just go listen well, to no, Sex I, Pistols I, I think, or the Clash. I think they put I think they put the the eye the eye uh, ear your eyebrow ring, eyebrow the ring. nose ring. The little dot in their nose, uh-huh. and then the septum the thing, thing and the tongue thing is because what they're trying to do is outline their face, and they want somebody to grab like fishing wire and just connect all the dots, so it looks cool. Uh, but I don't know. <laughs> and then they're going to run it through the gauge in their ear and just pull. It's so maybe that's that's it. That's it. It's it's for a facelift later. <laughs> they're going to attach all oh, those yeah, things and they're going to put. Ears, then you can just go like this and pull back. Pull back and, and then tie you can it have up. like a little knob in the back of your perfect, head. Perfect. And go, I'm just like the a Matrix. Saggy. Yeah. I'm just a saggy. Turn it. You know. And there you go. 
And, and, oh, all, and all of a there. sudden, like, oh, it's a little bit too much on this side. I got to turn it back. <laughs> and adjust it. You know, that way you don't have to have all. wrong? You know, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I look like I'm Japanese. This is what I ever. This is oh what I should do for. Oh, this is terrible. Uh, oh but so, you know, the vaping and the the metal in the face and the little buzzers and the. The Honda Accords. I don't, I don't what, get it. What's kid, the world coming to? Kids these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, get get off, off my damn porch. Get, get the hell off my lawn, you little whippersnappers. I've had about enough of this. I'm not going to take it anymore. Uh, okay. there, that's my rant for the day. Just just one? I'm just getting warmed up. I know. Hey, I'm, you're starting to get me. You know, I right. failed the test today. so I'm not, about, You're I'm riled. About, hey. I'm feeling froggy. Yeah, yeah. Out, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to launch. I'm just throwing caution to the wind. It's hey. been a year, and I don't care anymore. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pay for this, but I don't give a damn. I could have been a contender. I, I, I could have had a PMP by my name. I, mine could have been JR or PMP. No, P- I'm just JR. Pampy? P- pissed off. <laughs> pissed, pissed man, piss. Pissed man, I'm pissed. <laughs> That's all I am, motherfuckers. Two hour, 200 question, four hour, motherfucker. Just, just answer C just for all of them. Just get poked in the eye. <laughs> oh, that's 25% guaranteed. There you Good go. Idea, Vinny. Yeah, well, you uh, know, I mean, you might have passed more. Uh, well, I could have passed less. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you want to play a tune? Yeah, yeah now. <laughs> you I, I, I got the perfect tune. It's, a tune. it's, it's called Mike's, Mike's Way. <laughs> Mike's Way. Hey, hey, hey. hey. This, this, this is ri- written with several things in mind. It was first for Mike's Way for Jersey Mike's, but it's mainly for... My brother-in-law. Oh, that's right. You get Mike's way. Mike's way. Yeah, and it was all yeah. all that stuff on it. But this is this is for for uh, Mike. Uh, Mike. Yep. Psst. Mike Walters. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mike. Mike the beer hunter. You know. <laughs> I don't think he's old enough for that. The beer hunter, man. Come on, people. That's good stuff. Bob and Doug McKenzie. That's are, perfect. These are you know things classic people, things. People just like know. the Big Lebowski. It's classic. And really big, tied the room together. Yeah, that rug, rug really did make it. Made the rug together. Come see gorgeous. my sh- come on my show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, no, never mind. Never mind. Uh, let's play Mike's tune because if we keep talking, this may go far into the depths of hell. Dante's that, Inferno. That and the testicles. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what oh. makes a man a man? <laughs> uh, never mind. Uh, okay, men, men cry too. <laughs> men cry too. Oh, uh, shut up, Donnie! <laughs> shut the fuck, fuck up, up Donnie. Donnie! That's right. Okay, Lebowski, that's your name, dude. <laughs> Eventually, I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> Oh, great. And the best part out. The best part. I've been working on this for the last two hours. Over the line. <laughs> but, but I wasn't over the line, dude. Smokey, this is league play. <laughs> this is league play. Have I lost my mind? What did, has everybody gone crazy? What did he write that check for for the cream? Was it like 17 cents or something like that? Ralph's. Uh, Ralph's, yeah. <laughs> Is it going to make his Kahlua and cream? Yeah. He got, he got Kahlua all over his mustache. <laughs> make sure it was... No, it was his cream. It was the it was cream all over his mustache. mustache yeah. yeah, make sure it was fresh. Rest, right, right, yeah. right. Oh, my God. 
All right, here's Mike's is, way. This is called Mike's. Mike's Mike's way. As opposed to dude's way. The dude's way. Well, you know that'll be that'll be the subtitle, dude's way, uh, or we'll call it the rug. <laughs> Oh, now I'm inspired. I'm going to write like 20 tunes now. 22. Like, oh, yeah, there like, the dude, what? the rug, the rug, the dude. <laughs> uh, All right, here we go. Thank you. 
Yeah, brother. You like that? I did. It was a ride. It's a it's a little different than uh, you know than the uh, other tune we did. Well, here's the thing. The other tune was was um, I don't want to say it was simple. Um, this song had some more curveballs to it, and it wasn't like a standard. This is how a tune goes, and it took me a little while, you know, to really like lock in on it so I rode my Harley from Virginia to Alabama and I took the Blue Ridge Parkway and this was like that it was like a lot of curves a lot of turns a lot of ups and downs occasionally a deer pops out scares the shit out of you what the so the first one was like oh we're on open interstate I, oh, this doing like you know seventy five eighty. You just sit back and you just let it rise like humming, and you're going, oh man, this is simple. You know, this is great. You know, and then this was a little more of a technical ride, if you will. Right. For me, a little bit know? of effort had to be put into this. Yeah, yeah the brain had to be engaged. But um, but it, it the the tune you know moves. It it has a nice little lilt in the and it's a Latin tune. Oh, it has yeah. a nice little feel to it, and it's a Love little feel. It's, it's a little bright and happy but oh, it's straight but it doesn't it, like you say it doesn't it, it's not a it's not a this makes perfect sense i can just play this not thinking it cur there's curveballs that come yeah. at you yeah. and some of the multiple major tonalities are like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah but how do i connect those and when you're connecting something on a motorcycle i gotta get from this into this curve out of that curve and so on and so forth you gotta think about you know, I gotta start outside, go inside, and get back to outside. And you gotta be paying attention, right? You know, it gets into like mindfulness. You know, where you have to be thinking about what the, what am I? <laughs> I can't be thinking about uh, Lebowski or uh, dinner or I uh, failed my test or be. I've got to be engaged. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. one of those, it's it's like that's what is beautiful about music is that. You really have to engage your total concentration. Oh yeah, it's like uh, a meditation, or you're just not going to you're not going to put your best effort forward. You have to be, and it's 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 not a single concentration. I'm just looking at the changes while I'm looking at those changes of what you put together. I also have to listen to what you're doing and go, how do I respond to that? How do, right. how do we take this to wherever it's going? You have to be totally focused and engaged. It's very mindful. You can't well, just and, and and not to not to interrupt you, but no, uh, I'm going anyway. But the, the idea behind this too is when I'm going on a little tangent. Well, when you when we're, we're playing these tunes too, I, you know, we've both written tunes. I'm, I, I I make light of the fact that you don't write write as many, but but you do write tunes. And when we sit down to play these things, there's a discussion about how we're gonna we're gonna do this, and what you originally write, whether it's me or whether it's you turns into something else because you, you, you're not in your, your your mindful solo setting where you're going all oh, this sounds really good and you all of a sudden you go hey man how about a dominant seven chord here oh yeah, uh, you yeah, know, yeah everyone's or, or, be like... or, or there's a discussion about doing an AABA as opposed to I, I wrote it out and it goes yeah it's just an AAB well why we, we could do another A 
Or you come up with an introduction, and all of a sudden the introduction is like, let's do this. Oh, beautiful. Dude, yeah. that's great. Or I'm going to play high here, you're going to play low, or why don't you play and something different? speaks to the interaction in the... Uh, the making of music. Yeah, because music is about emotion. It's not about flats and sharps and introductions and sharp nines and AABA. No. It's about I mean, conveying I, I mean, you can do emotion. that. And, and it's also a road. It's, it's a journey. Right. And, and you're taking some... And when we, well, if you and I are traveling um, to, from here to Pittsburgh, okay, we, I, you know Pittsburgh far better than I do, but mm-hmm. I know enough. Sure. You know, so we get to a certain point in the road and we're on um, we're on uh, 70 and you go, Vinny, if we take 22 here and get off oh. get off here, we're going to it's a little bit more scenic. Yeah. It'll take us the back way. We'll go over Youngstown and come down into Pittsburgh yeah. that way. Drop and, over. and we'll drop over and it'll be a little we're easier. Like swinging through some of these towns. And right. And have a beer or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, As and opposed to staying on 70, 70 just going the whole way. And mm. if I got in the car by myself to drive to Pittsburgh, I might not think about that. I I may be just going, hey, I'm straight down the road. This is what I'm doing. So I'm sitting at home writing a tune, and I'm going, I like these changes. I like what they sound. Um, I'm not really going to think about it. You're plotting out out the the map. You're going, here's where we're going. This is where we're going to go. But once we get in the car. Something may change. Hey, I'm picking you up. I got a plan. I got a plan. That's what happens. You come over. We have a plan. Right. And then suddenly I go, oh, hey. How about this? How about this little detour? And you go, JR, you're such a moron. This will never work. And then I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but well, since I picked you up and yeah. you bought the beer, and you're, okay. and, and you're giving me gas money. <laughs> or whatever. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. But but the, but the point to that, too, is that, that if you... It's a different perspective or... Uh, I guess that's what it is. I think it's perspective. I, I, and I think it's a good thing because your musical vocabulary and where you've come from influences who you are personally and professionally as a musician and while we have similar upbringings it's our upbringings are different as well so if we're playing against a tune like mike's way Mm -hmm. and you're listening to the changes i may be going in one direction and find you going completely different you know i mean i turned that into a latin tune i didn't really know that it was going to be a latin tune when i started it It just kind of morphed into a latin tune made better sense and it moved very well but i didn't know that it was going to do that. And when you started playing the parts to begin with, and I know we're getting into the weeds about this, but the, yeah, but, the, but still, but people. The, the, the point is, is when, when you started playing your little introduction about what we were doing, you know, playing the E minor to the, the B major yeah. seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, cool, dude. That's that's a perfect introduction. That's not a typical introduction. That's not, no, that's, it's not. You don't go from it, a minor to, to a, a major. major, and and it makes perfect, yeah, perfect a, a sense. Minor, yeah, to a you know, it's like a minor. Play that. Yeah, it's like a minor. So, well, it's, it's a it's minor a, it's four a, to a major seven one is really what it is. It, it's kind of odd. And then you start on that major one, and who would have thought of that? But you wrote the you that it took it straight from your arrangement because that's the last two bars of the yeah. of the tune. It's it's, and it's like that's kind of neat. It's kind of that's. That's what makes the tune kind of cool is it's that little, little hook, section, hookish thing, yeah. little hook thing there, where it's like, oh, I kind of like that. We should start with that, and and I never would have, I never probably would have never would have thought that. Back far enough, right? You're, you're and, Are you familiar with the phrase a priori? No. So a priori is like your your um, vision, right, of of the world as it is. Okay. It's I think it's more of a. 
like a, a philosophical term, the a priori is, is like your, this is how you see the world. Okay. It's your priority. This lens. is the path. This is what you see. Yes. It's a priori. So, um, you have to step back from that sometimes or, or to, to change that mentality. Well, you need. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't know that phrase, yeah. but I'll, I'll use it. I'll use it in a couple different ways. Chrissy and I have this discussion all the time where we start to talk about how things are done and she'll explain something and I'll listen to her. And I'm not going to give her, you know, give her crap about right. it, but I'm, but I'll listen to what she's saying and then I'll approach it in a different way. And, right. and it's when I do that, she goes, Oh, I, I didn't ever thought about doing that. And I look at her and go, Chrissy, that's left hand and right hand. I'm left handed. <laughs> I do think I do think and you you're well, you're left handed right as well. Left brain, right brain. I think I think that's part of it too. But but it's like I'm left I'm left handed, I think in a certain way. And you're right handed, you used to think of think in a certain way. God, I can't talk. And at the, by the time you get done, you've approached this thing from two different avenues. And it's really true. You could get so pigeonholed about what you're doing that you're not going to look past your own thing. And it's not wrong to be in that place because that's who you are. If you're writing a tune and you're going, I like these changes. Yeah. You're, 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 you're doing, you're, you're doing you're who deep you, in. you're doing yourself. I don't say blinders, but you get kind of sucked into focus, this. Focus. Yeah, focus. Yeah, focus. Yes, focus. But you don't look past that you can't to get see it. it. And then somebody comes around. I, we, we were kidding around. We were rehearsing this and, and you, you did the, the, uh, added a, uh, an arrangement, made it A, B or whatever. You turned it. Yeah, yeah, so, oh, and and I, I, and I started laughing. I go, there you go. Lennon McCartney. And, and, you know, we laughed about that because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not what they did. But at the same time, if you read Paul McCartney's uh, biography, that is some, somewhat of what they did. They got together yeah. and they, they it, Paul brought in this tune, goes, this is the tune I want. And he was a bubblegum guy. It, you know, it had a pop tune, it had a lick, it yeah. had a hook. It was two and a half minutes long. And John would go, okay, that's nice, but he, how about, how about putting this bridge in here and he doing it? a little darker, a little, yeah, a little, a little and, more. And then it was the other way around for Paul with him. Yeah. John's the, the poet and the, and, and the world is, is curved in a different way. And, and Paul goes, well, let's make this bright section here and, and fix this. So you're not, you know, doesn't sound like you're going to kill everybody. Yeah. You know, are you over there doing, uh, I was going to look up a priority. You should look. Yeah. I mean, you've already, I you've already started I, I, on the I wonderful can't. world of, uh, the iPad. Because I don't want to like say hey, say something and be wrong. Is this, hey, priority is a is yeah. a, the mixing of two thoughts that come together, and, and I have no idea what the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, and and it comes with a do overhead cam, and you get a free set of fries and nachos with that. Nachos. Mm, mm. Nachos. I saw. But I, I think the, the collaboration. It, it's like um, we talked about Talking Heads a few episodes back, and what they would do is they would go in the studio and just start jamming. And, and just oh hold it what'd you do there let's 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 start that as a riff and then that they, then they just start to build i think um zeppelin was the same way so are the stones yeah it, 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 it was just a collaborative that's brain it's musical brainstorming all right so a priori Latin phrase. Oh, jeez, I'm writing. Emmanuel Kant. Jesus, how did I get into Emmanuel Kant? I went from Lebowski to Kant. What the hell happened here, Vinny? You just got caught up in the World Wide Web. I had to read that stuff when I was in college. I don't remember any of it, but Camus and Kant, Kierkegaard and Hegel, all those people. So much for that. Simone de Beauvoir and Jean Paul Sartre. 
being in nothingness. After all that, if you don't want to kill yourself, I don't know what what else you would do. But it doesn't really tell me what the hell. So, anyways, that was a great tune. Thank you. A lot of curves, a lot of twists. Thank you. Kept me on my toes. I'll try not to curve you too much. No, no, that's 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 it's like you know if you have a a, a good machine, you want to put it through its right. You want to test it. You want yeah, you, know, you, you want know. to put through the. You don't, you don't want to sit in the garage. So um, I'm going to jump subjects because uh, I'm thinking about this now. Have you seen any good movies lately? We talk about the Elton John movie, but are, are you are you planning on to see anything? Because I know Star Wars is coming out and all this other crazy crap. Well, uh shoot! I watched the Joker. Oh, you like it? I like the Joker. I, I haven't seen it yet. I think we talked about that last last episode. I'll be watching the Star Wars. I, I love movies. I mean, I can't get away from watching movies. I would rather watch movies than the news. I would rather watch movies than read a damn book. I'm terrible about that. Uh, I know. Yeah, I know. But it's the escapism for me. I like the escapism. I like going to get a bunch of popcorn, shoving it in my face, and going, this is cool, whatever it is. Yeah, but, I, I definitely... Um, Jeez, I think the last Star Wars thing is coming up. It, it, there's a lot of things I want to see. That uh, Hollywood movie with oh, with Brad Pitt and uh, Leo, yeah. Leonardo, the Quentin, Quentin Tarantino. I movie. want to see that. Like, there's a movie about Ford versus Ferrari or something that, crazy. That uh, Matt Damon's in that, and uh, uh, somebody else. Um, that seems like a good movie. So, Rachel and I went to see The Joker, and we were up here at the local theater. How was that? It was great. I enjoyed it, but this is really weird. Um, about three quarters of the way through, there was a disturbance down front, and I'm, I'm in this theater where you can take the chairs and like push them all the way back and you can get there's a you know I, I grabbed the beer I had a beer I bought a beer of course you did to get you know with my popcorn and we're sitting there watching the Joker and it's good you know and then there was like this little I don't know what happened there was maybe a scuffle or something and I didn't see it because I was watching the movie and then people behind me just started running out of the theater yeah People behind us just started filing out of the theater. I'm like, what the hell? I looked over at Rachel, because it's just me and Rachel, my 21-year-old daughter. And, and we're like, what the heck is going on here? And people came back. Then the movie ended. Instead of seeing the credits, they brought the lights up, and a bunch of people came into the theater. And they apologized. And said, we're... We want to give everybody free passes. This has never happened here, so on and so forth. I'm like, what? Some kind of a sec- sexual uh, sexual favors in I the front row? No. So apparently, this jackass was drunk sitting in the front, and he was like, look, he was like talking on his phone or texting, and, and someone said something to him, and he wouldn't stop texting. So management came in. He's like, fuck you, I'm not leaving. And they went, to, you know, they got security to come in there, and secu- uh, there was a little scuffle, and apparently one of the other patrons pop-
popped this guy and knocked him out, and they took him out this, the door. Nice. Yes. Nice. So we're leaving, and we got Rachel and I got free passes. <laughs> the next movie we want to go see. And there's cop cars all over the fucking place, and a fire engine and an ambulance. Wow. And sure enough, Lisa saw it on the news the next day, and she taped it. And this guy was just drunk in the front and just being a. And he looked like a, a, you know, a stand-up citizen. He had tattoos all over his neck and partially on his face and. Running for office, huh? Metal <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. sticking out of his face, and he had a big black eye. <laughs> well, it matches his tattoos. Uh. <laughs> maybe, maybe his black eye was a tattoo of his uh, yeah, permanent. So, well, life, I, life, maybe life I should in, go to the movies with you. Life in Mid America, it gets no better. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, so I get two free movie tickets. Nice. I like that. I like the idea. What else you got? So, I know from paying attention to Facebook and actually being involved in this, you know, with you 21 years ago, the birth of your your triplets. Oh, yeah. They just turned 21. And my daughter just turned 25. So, my daughter just has turned 25 on the 25th. We're getting old. So, well, the reason I bring it up is, is, is I'm sure you have a, you have a good story. I'll tell you my story for, for, for Justice. Justice was born in Japan, and uh, about um, just, Justice was born in October. About a month before um, she was born, we were we, <laughs> um, we were uh, um, talking uh, about whether I was going to be on TDY or not. And come home, you know, be around for the the birth of um, our first and my only daughter. Um, so my ex-wife is in the is in the Air Force band as well, and she's she's getting to the part where she has to do local gigs. So the the commander, Alan Sirix, well, Vinny, you got a TDY, you got to go to in October. That's right. And I'm like, okay. And Beth is over there going, no way in hell you can't do this. This is my the first baby and everything else. So in September. We're walking out of the building, and I and I preface this by saying, this is the hand of God, not not the Vinny did Vinny uh, was thinking about how to do this. So I'm walking out of the out of the uh, thing in Japan, the, the the squadron, and we're walking across the street to our tower apartment, and it's rainy outside, and I'm trying to help my wife get down the steps because she's nine months pregnant and's got a you know. A medicine ball in her stomach, <laughs> and I'm holding a, uh, a uh, I'm holding an umbrella, and I said, "Careful, the steps are slippery," and she doesn't fall, but Vinny does. <laughs> Falls straight back on his right hand, flat. Oh, right. So it was like it was like it was like no, it wasn't a bro- broken wrist. It fell oh. flat on my hand. What it did break was the middle bone of my middle finger in my hand, and bro- it broke it like like I'm showing a a, a break that goes. Uh, crossways and it was about uh, an inch and a half, two inches break, two inch break. But I didn't know it. I mean, I fell and hurt my ex-wife and part of the reason we're divorced is she laughed at me while I'm on the floor hurting. And then when she realized it was something serious, she was all, she, she still laughed. Anyway, we went over to the hospital. The hospital uh, put their hands on it and pushed and everything else. And then they said, that hurt? No, it didn't. You know, I mean, hands are strong enough as a musician, not a big deal. This happened on a Saturday. On Sunday, um, I played I played bass on it for 45 minutes 
just piano playing scales and just having a good old time. We go, hey, everything seems good. All right, so I fast forward for a month, Justice is born. I'm supposed to get my cast off on the first floor. We're up on the fourth floor having a baby. I've got a cast on trying to hold, hold my wife and help and everything else. Oh my. But the, the, reason that, the reason I got to stay was because my hand broke. Because I was supposed to be on TDY like, oh. the, the, like two or three days into where into what justice would you know justice would yeah. be born. I would, and you know it's 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 not like you're in Pittsburgh and you can come back to Ohio. No. I was I would have been Korea and we had to get on a plane and everything else yeah. and anything could have happened in between. So it, it worked out fine. But he's like I I was up on the fourth floor and and you know into the the birthing process. I looked at one of the the nurses. I said, "Will somebody please tell go down and tell the people in orthopedics that." I'm not coming to get my cast off right now. Yeah, I'll be back. I'm kind of busy. <laughs> and as it turned out, I had to cast on for another four weeks because they didn't pin it. And I, you know, that, that's a whole other story. But, but you know, Justice was born with big pomp and circumstance. And there's a picture of me holding Justice like this with my with my cast. That's another thing we have tied together is our kids were born at Wright Pat Medical Center. Yours was. Mine was born in Japan. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, mine was born in Japan. Okay. Yeah. So, so. You what? What story do you have to tell with the, you know the three shots? Because you had three, you had triplets for the love of God, you oh, know. Jeez, that's a story. Yeah, they turned twenty-one yesterday. Right? How? No, how did, two days ago. How did they fare? Everyone's alive. That's good. Yeah, that's, and 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 as as silly as that statement is, no, that's, that's there's some real, serious man. there's some serious shit with that. That's fucking for real. And I'll tell you why. Um, one of their best friends. Oh yeah, you told died. me this. Yeah, yeah, you told me this story. His freshman year of college. Yeah, that's a little crazy. He went crazy. to uh, Radford, and uh, that was uh, sorry. That was, shouldn't have had the shrimp salad. My bad. <laughs> Must have been the peppers. <laughs> oh, sorry. Excuse me. Must have been the shrimp salad. Oh wow. Okay. Oh jeez. Damn. Oh, that sushi. Oh, I, just, I feel much better now. That's right there. <laughs> but yeah, JT. Um, he went to Radford on his twenty-first. It wasn't his twenty-first birthday. I think it was his nineteenth or twentieth. Birthday. And he was drinking. Yeah, overdid it, man. Alcohol poisoning. Wow. And uh, that was a rough day, brother. I'll tell you that. You're from the happiest day of your life when your kids are born to one of the roughest days when, you know, a good friend of yours dies. Yeah, no shit. Uh, got the call that morning from one of our good friends uh, a mother of you know we had all these folks that our kids were all friends and we all knew each other and we, we actually went on a cruise because uh, oh really when they were seniors we uh, a bunch of the bunch of us went on a cruise we called the senior sail away so there were about 10 families wow and we went on a cruise and um, real tight-knit group because it was a small community uh, in Pocosin, Virginia, where we lived lightly. And one of the mothers had called and she just was beside herself. She, you know, she was like, uh, JT's gone. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I couldn't, you know, and she was just sobbing. You need to call your kids. You need to call your kids. JT's wow. gone. He's passed. I'm like, what do you mean? You know, I, I, it, it just, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. Yeah. Because he was, a, he was like, dude, he was like the most respectful kid. His dad was a Navy diver. 
he didn't he called me mr herb right you know like his mr jr would call me you know you were mr herb because his dad demanded that you were respectful and he we used to have big gatherings at our house on especially football sundays all these people would come over parents and kids and like every every sunday you never know who was going to show up we'd have 10 12 people at our house um because i had to take it so people wanted to come see their of course we flipped you know we flipped back and forth and whatever so i was able to call and talk to the girls rachel and natalie and say hey this this you know wow yeah and that's probably the first real death that they had to deal with oh yeah for sure that's yeah. that's a, that's one of the hardest things to put in perspective. You you live life and you just go. It's one thing if you're like grandma's getting old. Right. You you can She's you can pass. You can well we know even the it, dog's going to die. Right. It, but even even with my grandfather um that was the first big death that I had to deal with and when he passed away my grandmother the doctor told her the next heart attack he has will be his last. He just doesn't have the ability to deal with this. And he, yeah. had, he, he was in the hospital with a heart attack in June. And they, that's why he said the next one will be the one he dies from. And I watched him age, but but she's telling me this, and I'm going, it ain't happening. Because I'm 17 years old. Yeah. Don't think, crap, I'm going to live. Oh, I'm, I'm freaking immortal. Yeah. Life you goes know. on forever. Like, I, you know, it, it goes on as long as you want it to, yeah. right? And the day that he passed, my father called me. Uh, he got a call from my, my grandparents at 7 a.m. said, Grandpa is having a heart attack. They need to go to the hospital. So my dad goes, and um, I'm home, and he called. Mom comes downstairs and says, "Your father wants you to bring his cigarettes to the hospital." And I'm going, "Mom, I got a, I got a, a, a football game at college. I got, you know, I got, I got to be there in like ten o'clock. Yeah. I can't do it." And I went to the game, not thinking about my grandfather because I really didn't put two and two together that this was going to happen. Gonna die. And when you when all of a sudden you come home after a long day, you're beat, you're coming into the house, everything's, you know, a little cro- a kooky, and your mother comes out and says, um, your grandfather didn't make it. I go, what? I said, your grandfather didn't make it. And I'm just sitting here, I'm stunned, you know, because I don't, didn't think about this stuff. You yeah. know, you don't put this together and go, oh, my God, you know, I, I, you know. And even somebody like that who's old. And, you know, he was 69 when he passed away, but, you know, he, you had seen his decline. That's not old. No, be nice. It's not old now. <laughs> for us, for us, it's it's a fucking young man, yeah. you know. Yeah, but when you're 17, 69. Right, 69 is a long. Is a pretty. You know, and the worst part of it was my brother was staying next door with a neighbor, and I had to go get my brother who was who was seven. He didn't. He had no fucking clue. Why am I? Why? What's going on? Everybody's. Oh God! I, I, I'm not going to tell you this. Go home. Your mom's going to tell you. Because yeah. I I'm not dealing with that. But you know, when you talk about ta- telling that to your kids. You know, and they're at an age where they've got to absorb that and then go forward with it. Because that's the next thing. Mm. You have to take all that in and realize that one of their friends passed away and they're gone. And then you have to do something with that. You can't just let it sit there. Yeah. I mean, I so suppose, I suppose that, you can. That leads but. to the next part of the story because uh, I was able to talk to the girls. And at least got hold of Natalie, got hold of Rachel. And I called Keith and I get no answer. And Keith and JT were best friends. Oh boy! So I didn't get to him in time. I probably should have called him first. In retrospect, uh, at the time you're just making phone calls. You you know, you know what you have to do. Yeah. And 
I spent the day trying to get a hold of him. And he wouldn't answer. He wouldn't answer texts. Nothing. Did he know? Somebody else told him. He found out through friends. And he was just... Devastated. Yeah. Inconsolable. What brought him out of it? I don't know. I don't know that... <laughs> How long ago? Two, two, three years ago? Yeah, three years ago. Or was it two? Yeah, I guess it was two years ago. Yeah, it's been two years. Wow. And I still... Well, because I, you there's there's guilt. That's oh, sure. Associated Something else could have happened, or, or you could I, have done I better, could, or whatever. I, I could have, yeah. I I could have if I were there, or if I would have called him, or if I wouldn't sent him the twenty bucks for his birthday, he wouldn't have bought the bottle, whatever. All that is uh, just going to eat you up. alive. All right, so so let let let's let's talk about another tangent in this particular subject. Do you believe, and this this doesn't necessarily fall into the spiritual thing, do you believe that that when J.R. Keith J.R. Herb was born, or Vincent Michael Marshall was born, that our lives, while they're ours to do with as we choose, are set on a path where we know the, the world, the universe, God, I, I don't know, knows that that J.R. Herb is going to live to be 97.2 years old and die while he's chasing his wife around the bedroom, or Vinnie, Vinnie Marshall is going, to, is going to be the first man on Jupiter and live to be 130 because it took him that long to get to the damn planet. You know, do you think that there's a, there's a time for everybody? Because using that example, what I could have done, what I should have done, or what I'd like to go back in time... There are certain kids in my life and in your life as, as uh, you know, people from high school that have passed away early. early in their life for whatever reason. Some of them had cancer. Some of them had, you know, gotten into a car accident. Yes. You know, so one, one girl, one girl, there's an unsolved murder that my father was involved in. Her name is Holly Brannigan. She sat with, she sat next to me. She was a year older than me. She sat next to me in, in trigonometry class. She went home. Was talking to her girlfriend on the phone. Somebody answered. She somebody knocked on the door. She answered the door. They found her slain. You know. Wow. That's, that's and so. it's an unsolved thing. It was years wow. years later. But but the point the point of this is, do you think that when it's your time, it's your time, or do you think that there's there's a, there's scenarios, there's doors that open that you get to a fork in the road and you go, well, if I go right, this may happen, or if I go left, this may happen, or do you just think that there's a little bit of a little bit of predetermined destiny in this whole thing? I don't I don't know if there's predetermined destiny. Um, you start to get into. I heard something very interesting, which I really liked this week. It was. It's called, you got to live the dash. And I'm like, what the hell is live the dash? You know, and on your tombstone, there's a date. Oh, that's right. You told me that. You told me that there's a date I mean, and it's a dash in between. We did. It's, it's a dash in between. Dash, yeah, it's, How do we get in this dead set? The dead I don't set. know. We always seem to get into this death knoll. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like we're, we're, we're circling the toilet bowl of Dante's Inferno. You know. Maybe, maybe it's because our kids are getting a little older and we're worried 
that they're, they're at a point in their life where they're going to start experiencing more different things. I don't have a problem with that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they're, I'm happy that. that they're doing that, but you know, they're eventually going to have to put, I mean, my, my daughter, your, are your parents and Lisa's parents still alive? Both of them are. They're both so they, there. They haven't yeah. had the experience. My, my daughter had to experience yeah. my dad dying. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, they're, and, and she just experienced her, her mother's, her mother's, uh, you death, know. Death is difficult. In... Man, I don't know. It's like, you didn't ask to be born. You, no. Nope. You didn't, like, go, I would like to live on Earth. <laughs> and if I could get, if I could get, like, a spot somewhere in America. And, and three, 20... three pizzas every week. <laughs> I would be born around... Uh, 65, maybe December 1st would be cool. Yeah. Can, can I hit pizza? Order? Order up, Dilly? You don't ask for Fr- it. Fries. Here yeah. we are. Just like, here you are, bro. Uh, how do you go about from that point? I just, you, you know, I think there's a proper way to live your life once you're here. Um, listening to Dan Carlin's hardcore history this week just <laughs> eating me up because he's talking about the Bataan death march and I'm thinking about these poor guys that are in the American or Filipino forces that were just just brutalized well, it's it, like that that's life that's that's life and and and, and that is they, they they you know they're survivors to that somewhere you know I mean a lot of them weren't well but but think about that it's just like it's just like the the uh, you know the uh, Holocaust you know, yeah. the people that, that, that saw their yeah, friends walk into the showers and not come out and get treated Im- improperly and get mistreated and, and, and malnourished. And then all of a sudden, they, they, they get rescued. How do you live with that? Well, how did you conduct yourself when that happened? That's the key. Right. Did right. You if you if you held it all yourself. if you held it all in and you, you well, just and, did what you're supposed well, there, to. There were people that were let's go to the Holocaust, you know, and Frankel talks about this in um um his meaning for life or effort. I'm not exactly sure that I forget the name of the book. Um there were people that were Jewish that kind of became wards of the Nazis and actually did their bidding. Is that what you do? You survive. I, I, well, do you? Or do you stand by your... your your? Oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to the chamber. That's that's for real, man. That's like... That's what life's... If you can figure that out, you figure life out. You know, it's like... The people that... I think if you survive that... If you survive that and, and you... Betrayed your people. How do you live with yourself? Would you be, would you be better off dead? Is your legacy? Because you, you look. John, John Wayne said it. No one's getting out of here alive. Would you maybe be better off just? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to take one for the team. Or you're like a weasel, and like I'll, I'll well, rat everybody out. I'll take every shortcut because I don't want to die. There's well, there's a that's mag- your legacy. Well, there's a magic moment, whether it's in that circumstance or if you if you're you know 95 years old and you're coming to the fact that you know my father had this moment and you could see it. Right. He he knew it was done. All he was doing was marching time to get to the end. He knew that there was possibilities for 
you know, like he thought he was going to go through chemo and, and he never even got that far. Right. But you can see it in their actions and you can see it in their psyche. In some, in some case like that, why do, why do guys in the middle of war, somebody throws a grenade into a, into a room and they dive on it? They make a conscious decision to do that. Maybe, maybe some of it's reactive because of their military training, but they jump on a grenade and you look at that and you go, I don't think I, I could, oh my God, I could never do something like that. At that moment, they've decided, well, you don't, but at that moment, they've decided what they're doing and they get to that point where they say, I'm making a decision that could potentially kill me. Or, or potentially end me. I'm going to stand in front of somebody with a gun and say, go ahead, pull a trigger. I'm protecting the people behind me. And mm. that's a, that's a, but in that moment, you're making a conscious decision. And the same thing applies, you know, where, where people are in that circumstance. They, like the Schind the Schindler's List movie. Yeah. You know, yes. that guy, that guy was, was constantly taking chances to send all these, save all these Jews. And, it turned out to be a good thing, obviously. He saved all these people, created this this fantastic legacy of, of generations of people that he saved. But he's taking a chance when he does that. And it's possible that he could wind up losing his life in the process. You know. Right. But he did but he but he did it. You know, now when do you do that? When do you step on the when do you put lay on the, the grenade? When do you step in, in front of a bullet? When do you tell somebody that you're not doing that? That's a that's a, a personal moment that you have to you have to decide, and you can see it on people's face when they do it, but you don't know. You can't say, "Oh, it, this is coming." It's right there. No, you you'll see it. No, when because it, incrementally you get pushed and pushed and pushed, and eventually you're going to push back, in one way or another, or you may not. Well, you may end at up, that at that particular moment. You may end up compromising your values to the point where you're not who you know. Yeah, you and, think and, what, you and, what, are. and what do you do then? I mean, then you it, go it slowly with, insane with with PTSD. You know, people come back for more. So I would never do. You know, they. I think PTSD. A lot of times, it's not what they see; it's what they did. I didn't think I could do that. And that I think cause, that I think that's part. I think that's part of it. I'm going to jump subjects because it's a tangential subject, but it's something was in the news. Um, they were talking about all the these uh, Holocaust. Uh, not, uh, excuse me, Nazis. That, that that vacated, you know, Gehring and all all those all those guys, and von Braun. Von Braun, yeah, von Braun is. The, what was the deal with him? That he actually he came created to the, the rockets. Right, he put came us on the moon. Right, he came to the United but States. He was also but, a Nazi. He was a he was not like a German. He was a straight up straight up party party Nazi. Yeah, and and the the Americans saved him and came came, came to the, you know uh, Operation Paperclip. Paperclip? Yeah, that, that's his name. It's called Operation Paperclip, where oh. we actually went and took as many Nazi scientists as we could get to steal them from the Russians. Mm -hmm. That was the name of it. I mean, this didn't matter that they were Nazis and committed war crimes, so on and so forth. We want you for your knowledge because we... Did, we're in it. We're we're now at war with Russia. Did, we need to. Did something happen? I mean, I mean, there there seems to be a lot of that in the news. Did, did I miss something? That somebody died? That was you know one of them. You know, they or they found somebody or what's what's the deal that all this stuff is coming out? Well, I don't even know what the hell you're talking. About. Oh well, von Braun, von Braun was one of them. That's what they were talking. Oh, they it? were talking about. That's oh, why. I just know him because I. There's I'm there's another kind of a, there's another one. Uh, you know, it's a, it's like Hagar the Horrible. I don't know the guy's <laughs> name. 
That's terrible. That's terrible. I think you he know. was a Viking, but go ahead. Well, you Viking know. On that, Sunday morning work, newspapers. Work, work, work with me. Work with me. Uh, Hager, you know, Hagger the Horrible was yeah. terrible, and they, they, they moved him to South America, and he worked with the CIA. Well, you know. uh, yeah, the, the, well in, in Brazil, there's, there's yeah, there's... A, Gregory Peck with those two dogs, Brazil? yeah. Yeah, there's... Oh, my gosh, dude. Sir Lawrence Olivier. I haven't is seen it this, safe? Where did you see this? I was in the news. I was listening to the XM, and somebody brought it up. They had a book about Nazis, you know, and, and it was it was something that that uh, how the Nazis, like von Braun and everybody else, shaped you know the United States and helped the United States because yeah. they took them in, and they were more worried about communism in Russia than they were, you know, the the oh, Nazis. They, they were, well, I think the actual Nazis were more. Concerned about not having a noose around their neck. Well, they yeah, they pretty so much like, oh, did. Oh yeah, I'll come help you. I'll, I'll help you whatever you want. You know. Yeah. yeah. The Apollo Eleven. The, the what was it? The Titan. What, what? Titan Two or whatever. Whatever it was that got us to the moon. These guys were genius. I don't know. Yeah. Well, then, you know, they made those V rockets. Yeah. And it stands for Vinny. You know, Vinny Rockets. Vinny Rockets. One more tune. Let's play one more tune. Come on. Okay. All right. Uh, this one is uh, is called Boxed Up Blues. It's it's in your moving. I wonder where this game. Yeah, from. yeah. You know, I really, really, really dug into the well to deep and think about this. Yeah, going, digging deep here, I guess. It's, it's a minor blues. Well, hopefully, this will be somewhere between I seventy and Wifey Roads. Okay. You'll like it. You'll like it. It's a good it's a good tune. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Thank you. 
It's nice when you can do a tune like that and you go, hey, this is cool and it's fun. And it's minor. Yeah, we, we need to. We need to get drummer in here. Just... Yeah, I told you I want to flush out these tones or flush out these tones. I've heard flushed out too lately. Flush, I, I think it's fl- I, I, well, I've, 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 I've been using flush. But, you know, flush sounds bad. Sounds <laughs> like you're flushing it down the toilet. You know, flushing out the bad stuff, I don't know. No, no, fleshing out, fleshing out the, the details. Right. It's putting flesh on the bones. Right. But I've, I've also flush it out. Flush yeah. it out. Right. I don't. I'm not a plumber, dude. <laughs> I, and I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express. I've got my own doctor. Damn house. This is the perfect time for a disclaimer. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an Indian chief. I don't lay bricks. I wouldn't lay a brick if you gave me money. <laughs> I don't play football. I, I couldn't play football. I, you got the 300-pound people running at me? You know, I, I would just crawl in a ball. Yeah. I'm not a... Endocrinologist. A, an endocrinologist? Jesus is Christ, can you spell that? No, it's with an O. No, no, there's no O in, and well, there is an in endocrinologist, but you know, I'm not an expert in anything except talking and playing bass. I can play a little bass, and you didn't get your PMP thing, so I'm sorry. You're not I'm not. I am not a, a project PM. management professional yet. Yet. Yeah. Got to stay resilient. Well, yeah. Stay resilient. I like your yeah. I like that growth mindset. Growth mindset. That's right. It's it's you know. Resilient is about bouncing back. You fail, you learn from the failure, you bounce back. There's a possibility I could still go after it. I, if I were you, you got three years left. I know the Air Force won't pay for it again, but I, you got three years. Take your time. You know. What am I going to do with it? That's the key. Well, that's, that's, that's the next question to ask because 
you you told me it could add ten to thirty thousand dollars to a job depending on what you're doing. But do I want a job? Well, that's that. We had this conversation before. You know, you want to be a JR retired chief, you know, walking around and and talking to people about how good you are, or or do you want to <laughs> sit in front your front porch, smoke a cigar, and go, honey, get me another beer. I gotta piss myself. <laughs> I can't get up. The latter is probably more likely. More likely with Mezzanotti going. Hey, JR, you want another beer? I got us a gig. I got us a gig, man. Can you play bass? Well, yeah. That's what I do. Uh, Oh, I forgot. Give me another beer. Once again, that's the one thing I am qualified to do. And you didn't stay in the Holiday Inn Express to get there. I didn't. No, I went to University of Texas to get there. But that is neither here nor there. Do you have a um, take me to the Weller story for this week? Oh damn! You put you, you asked me too fast. It's, uh, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Damn! You asked me too this fast. This is when we like to talk about a military experience or an Air Force band moment, where it just kind of turns into a story. It's something that, like, wow! I can't believe that happened. Yeah. Well, I, I've got I've got one. You do. Uh, I do. I do. I I um I don't know that it's a it's a For fantastic what era? ones. It's from the from the McGuire Air Force Base days. Oh, so back in back back in the eighties, right? So the commander, Bruce Jokeson, and you'll appreciate this. Um, I don't know if I told this story or not before, but the band, the Right Pat band, did this because of, of where it is. We used to play, play the Soldiers and Sailors Hall in what's that in Oakland, Oakland, uh, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, outskirts of Pittsburgh. Yes, Oakland. Oakland. So we did it all the time. It was a fun. It was a fun gig, but we would stay in a hotel in Monroeville. And, and, it's right there. Uh, right. It's just down the street, right? Or not down, down the street. It's about, what, 20 minutes away or right. something like that? So I'm driving truck with, uh, you know, three other guys. Me and, me and uh, you know, my supervisor in one truck. And we get to the gig, and the commander, Bruce Jokes, very nice guy, but very, very... Good guy. Know, he is a good guy. Um, Bruce, Bruce uh, um, you know, liked, liked to kibitz and, and, and get his hands in everything. So he was a commander that he didn't just sit there and let things happen. He just, like, he, he picked things up. So the band gets ready to leave, and the guy that, that's my, my, bo- my supervisor, Jim McNeff, Jim goes, um, look, I know, I know the way back. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna go this way. I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna get back faster than the bus because so, we want to get to the pool or have a drink or whatever the hell it is. Of course. So, so he gave Bruce jokes direction. Now Jim had done this gig like eight or ten times. You know, I'd done it like four or five, but Jim had done it like eight or ten times. And he knew that they're getting in and out of Oakland back to 22. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of tunnels and there's some issues with, with, you know, typical traffic and everything else and construction. So he gave, he gave jokes, um, uh, uh, an erroneous thing or, or led him in one direction and it turned into be a bad thing. So we got back and, and we were, we were back way ahead of the bus. So much so that we went up to our rooms. You know, did we ever need showered, whatever, to came, come downstairs to, you know, go to the bar and hang out because they had a band at the bar. And there was one guy. This is back in the day. No, this is back in the day where there was actually a band in the bar. So um, we got we got up there, and the, the, the guy that said this uh, is is uh, retired uh, master sergeant. His name is Scott Vignasi. Scott's a trumpet player. And right. Scott Scott was uh, – he, he liked to quote the movie the movie lines, and he used to, like, like uh, you know, get a little – froggy with the way he was he would handle things but it was a good thing you know it was it was sarcastic and funny 
Well, the four of us come downstairs. We get out of the hotel, and the the bus had ta- had to circumvent the entire city of Pittsburgh in order to get home because they got su- stuck somewhere. It took them over an almost Ooh. an hour to do this. And, and the boss is on the bus. And the boss is on the bus, seething, seething, but, you know, in his own way. So Bruce comes up to the four of us, and he holds his hand out. He goes, you guys gave me the wrong directions. And I'm I'm just sitting back here. I'm like a, you know, I, I, I didn't do, you know, but so so nerd just, the Jim McNeff just look, kind of looks at him and smiles. Scott Vignasi says the line of the day. He goes, sorry, sir, you fucked up. You trusted us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll get you an article 15. Well, well, here, here's, here's the, uh, here's Jim McNeff, me, and the other guy. We all turn and slowly away. walk away. Trusted us. And, and the command, the commander's like, like, uh, uh, Airman McNeffy, I'd like to talk to you over here, please. Oh, now he didn't get an article 15, but, but you know, uh, obviously Bruce, he didn't realize that that was from a, uh, that's what from the Blues Brothers. That's you know that's a that's a that's a movie line. It's a quote. It's movie a quote. quote. And Scott is over there trying to explain to him. It's, a quote, I, sir. it's, it's just a quote I from swear. a movie. I swear, nothing. Yeah. And and as it turned out, Bruce the rug really the tied the room, room together. together. Right. So it was it was it was perfect. But like the the three of us are slinking out of there, going, oh, I didn't nah, say shit. I'm not not it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not it. No order fifteen for no, me. Nope. <laughs> you know, but it You're was on your it own, was, bro. It was, it was beautiful. I never I never the, that was funny. That was very funny. At least I thought it was. And on that note, don't you have music for, uh, you used to have music for. And that brings a close to our famous segment. Take me to the Weller. Stay around for more next week. Next week, we have a story about. Uh, Another Scott Vignasi story. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Lord. Bated breath. Well, it, it's really good because it involves my my former brother-in-law and, and what? Uh, oh yeah, bunch of good good story. Sounds like the inbred or something. I don't know. No, 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 no. You'll 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 enjoy it. You'll okay. you'll enjoy it. Just just all you have to do is say Scott Vignasi and it'll come back to me in a second. One. Uh, no, not now. Oh, next, next week. week. Yeah. You got you got to leave them wanting more or at least this hoping is, for more. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! You'll you'll laugh, yes. you'll laugh, you'll cry. You'll I'll cry. take you on an emotional roller coaster, like I always do. <laughs> I know, I know. We get done at Jr's crying for an hour. <laughs> what have we talked about? What the, what the hell are you talking about? You crazy ass mom! Shut the fuck, fuck up! up. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, good night. So, on that happy note, Vinny. Yes, Jr. Say goodnight, Vinny. Goodnight, Vinny.